Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another edition of V Brown Bag. I'm your host, Tom Green, and it's my pleasure tonight to present uh, Compliance Remediation with V Realize Orchestrator. We'll be hosting John Diaz. John is V Realize expert, and he's going to lead us through using Orchestrator and operations to make sure you're compliant. But first, we need to talk about a little housekeeping. V Brownbag is a very interactive, real-time uh, platform. We monitor at V Brownbag and the various uh, international hashtags and Twitter handles all the time. You can engage with us at any point by hitting hashtag V Brownbag, and there's always uh, dozens of people monitoring that. If you want to see the latest and greatest schedule, Go to vbrownbag.com slash brownbags, and it is updated at least a couple of times a month. Uh, with all that out of the way, I'll pass control over to you, John, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, uh, Tom, very much. Uh, my name is John Diaz. I'm a senior technical marketing manager with uh, the cloud management business unit at uh, VMware, and my uh, job is basically to create enablement uh, technical uh, uh, demos, slides, videos, uh, you name it, for our uh, uh, vRealize Operations product. Uh, Tom, can you see my screen? It should be vRealize Operations Quick Start. I can. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, so, yeah, so we've been busy uh, with uh, 7.5 of Realize Operations Manager, which just launched, uh, actually uh, just went GA last week. So um, hopefully you've had time to uh, read uh, about that or, or maybe even hopefully uh, get your hands on it and get it in your own uh, lab to play around with. Uh, I've done four blogs on uh, the VMware blog, the management blog, about the release uh, technical overview. Um, it's a four-part series, and uh, so there's a lot of content. This was really a big, big uh, payload uh, for, for a vRealize operations release, and there's a lot of good stuff in there tonight. What I want to talk about, uh, or what, it, what I've been invited to talk about <clears throat> with you all is some of the new capabilities we have around uh, compliance and specifically uh, remediation of compliance uh, alerts through the vRealize Orchestrator Management Pack. Now, uh, the vRealize Orchestrator Management Pack, and I'll just show you, you know, kind of where that sits in, in product, sits with the rest of the solutions. Uh, basically, you, you download it as a uh, pack file, and uh, you can uh, install it in your environment uh, just like you would any other solution. Uh, the the um, version I have here is actually not 7.5 that I'm running. I'll switch later to a 7.5 version, but I wanted to show you like unconfigured uh, version so we can step through the configuration process, uh, and then I'll go, you know, kind of cooking show style. I'll go to one that's already been set up and, and everything, and then we'll continue on. Uh, but uh, it's uh, basically a solution. This is uh, actually the 2.0 version. Uh, we've released a 3.0 version, which you'll see in the, uh, in the other system that I have running, um, that 
uh, comes out of the box with workflows for compliance remediation for ESXi hosts uh, against the vSphere security configuration guide uh, version uh, 6.7, uh, 6.5, and 6.7. They'll work with both of those. Uh, so that's really what I'm going to be showing specifically. But I think when you when we get through this, what you'll see is the ability, especially if you have some skills with Orchestrator already, where you can take that and expand into other not only compliance remediation, but other alert auto remediation, like run book automation for, uh, you know, uh, alerts for, uh, you know, restarting uh, virtual machines or restarting services on virtual machines, uh, taking snapshots, you know, reverting to snapshots, uh, a lot of different things that you can do uh, that uh, may be based on orchestrator workflows. So the sky is really the limit. Once we've once we open up that action framework in VRealize operations to basically any custom workflow in uh, VRealize Orchestrator, there's really potentially no limit to to what you can do. Uh, and there's also been some um, uh, contributions already. I started on Sample Exchange. Uh, I started actually a repository for uh, the workflows that you could uh, contribute or you can actually check out uh, what you need to do. Uh, I'll show you the hard way to get, not the hard way, but the, the longer way to get to it going through the sample exchange directly. And then I'll show you how you can get to it directly from a microsite. Uh, but if you go to sample exchange, you click on vRealize Operations Manager as the platform. And then you go down and select uh, VRO workflow. Uh, what you'll see are, uh, well, since I'm not logged in, it won't show me. Uh, uh, what you uh, would normally see are uh, a couple of uh, workflow packages that have already been contributed by uh, folks in the, in the community uh, that will uh, uh, work with the orchestrator management pack for vRealize operations. Why that is not showing? Oh, it's probably a VRO package. Let me try that. There we go. So, real quick, uh, John, um, which of the solution packs uh, will work with the standard edition, if any? So you're showing so, tonight. Yeah. So you will need uh, you will need uh, advanced edition uh, or enterprise to to use this. Uh, so that's that is a requirement for this particular feature. All right, cool, thanks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, so there are, you know, three different uh, uh, ones that have been uploaded uh, by, uh, well, there's one from me, uh, just some samples, uh, but there's also uh, someone's taking the initiative in the community here uh, to actually uh, create um, additional workflows uh, for resolving uh, virtual machine violations of the security uh, hardening guide. Uh, and it also covers, uh, like you can see here, STIG uh, findings and so forth. So there's already people creating content, adding content to this that you can, you can use as well. So what I'll show you is what VMware provides out of the box in that solution. Uh, and then, you know, 
this, the, but this just shows you that you can you can expand on that. So I want to make sure you're aware of that. Oh, and by the way, the easy way to get to that is if you go to vrealize.vmware.com, which is our microsite, we've got a banner here for the vrealize operations sample exchange. It's got the dashboard samples uh, that come up, but it's also uh, got a filter as soon as it loads here that will show you the orchestrator workflows. So we're looking at all samples now. If I just wanted to see the VRO workflows that work with uh, that, then I can get to them from here. It's, it's a little bit easier to use. We are adding another uh, sample uh, exchange uh, tag for vRealize operations. Just want to plug that real quick while, while I have time, but we're doing supermetrics. Uh, so I've already uploaded two sample supermetrics uh, to the repository. So this is another uh, thing that kind of coincided with the launch of vRealize Operation 7.5 because we did enhance the supermetric editor and we uh, added uh, on-the-fly supermetrics as well. We can cover that in, in another session. But uh, anyway, be sure to check that out. I'm not going to promote any more of uh, our stuff on here. But uh, I, I, yeah, I think people will find that helpful. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you download that uh, the uh, solution from the marketplace, like you would any solution, uh, and then uh, click on the Add button to basically browse to the uh, solution and install the pack file. Uh, I kind of have that done already, just to uh, make it easier because it, it takes you know uh, ten minutes or so, depending on the size of your cluster and everything, to to go out. And the next thing you'll do, and I'm assuming that you have an orchestrator instance stood up somewhere in your environment. Obviously, that is required for the orchestrator management pack. And it can be a standalone orchestrator, uh, you know, or it could be a cluster, or it can be uh, a uh, VRA, uh, the embedded uh, instance that comes in the VRA appliance. So both of those are supported. Uh, I'm going to set it up here with 7.5. Uh, but I have it working. I believe I've got 7.6 in the other lab that I'll that I'll show you. So it does work with the newer uh, release of Orchestrator. It was just released uh, last week, along with uh, all the other vRealize goodness. Uh, so when you have it installed, you just come to these this gear icon, which is the configure icon, and click it. And here you can add an adapter instance, and you'll basically just point to your uh, Orchestrator. So I'll just give it a friendly name here of Orchestrator, <laughs> and then um, the uh, IP or FQDN, so 173 in my case, I believe it was 48. Uh, the port, 8281 is the, is the default port here. I don't know if it gives you the hint for that. No, it just tells you the, uh, the uh, FQDN or or IP address, uh, but uh, that's the only thing where you you know if you're not familiar with using uh, Orchestrator, it's like uh, what is the port? You could easily Google it, but uh, 8281 is the port. The auto discovery uh, you'll leave that uh, turned uh, to true by default, uh, and I'll explain why as I go through uh, and we look at more of the configuration that you would do as kind of a follow-on to this. But uh, leave that for at, at true for now. And then for the credential, uh, let me just show you if I add a new credential. I've already got one in here that was created. 
uh, you have a choice. You can do a credential based on uh, just native V-Realize Orchestrator. If it's a V-Realize Automation Embedded Orchestrator instance, then you would obviously select that one uh, instead. So I'm going to do the V-Realize Orchestrator credential. You just put a friendly name for the credential name and then your uh, username and password to log in. And in my case, like I said, I've already got it set up. Uh, so I'll use the one that is in here. And just to show you what that looks like, uh, you can see that it's just my AD credential uh, because I had, you know, I have uh, I have it set up to uh, work with my uh, vCenter uh, uh, to to handle the the, the login uh, through AD. So as, as I'm a, uh, a vCenter user. Uh, this is a, a valid uh, ID for me to use my AD credentials there in the lab. Uh, but, uh, that's it. One, as, yeah. Just as the uh, best practices tick and my neck starts getting going, whatever, um, using AD for setting up one of those in production is probably not what you want to do, or at least using a AD account, not a service account, right? Yeah, no, exactly right. Okay. So I would probably go with a service account. Yeah, that is uh, <laughs> that's that's definitely I get away with the with with a lot of stuff in my lab that you should not do. And <laughs> I just production. wanted to make sure that uh, as we went through that to point out, AD service yeah. accounts are great. If you don't want to have a bad time, don't use an account with an expiring password. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, definitely, definitely want to do service account for that. Then I'll test the connection. It'll just, you know, let me know that uh, I was able to, you know, connect to that on the correct and the ports correct and so forth. For the advanced settings, there's not really uh, a lot there. There's just basically the, the which collector group. Uh, so you don't really need to worry about that. Uh, once you're done, you just save the settings and uh, it'll actually test the adapter instance again, but then it'll save it uh, and then you can you can close. Now, uh, within a few minutes, this will start uh, collecting. One of the things that gets that happens is a dashboard gets installed. So if you look under the dashboards tab, there's a new dashboard called the vRealize Orchestrator Work Workflows Overview. And uh, in that dashboard, initially, you'll probably see at least before it starts collecting, you know, you'll get some great question marks just because there's the you know we're starting to just collect from this new instance so there's no uh no need to panic there unless it's been like you know 30 minutes or something and you're still getting that uh then there could be a problem uh but what this is really useful for is the additional uh components that you need to install on the orchestrator instance now before i go down that road let me pop over to uh, the orchestrator client and show you what happens on the orchestrator side. So here's my, here's my orchestrator instance that I connected to. And when you activate that configuration, when you ad add that adapter instance, what happens is a package is installed in orchestrator uh, by that adapter instance. And it's this VR ops, uh, OOB stands for out of the box content. Okay. So yeah, we provide uh, a set of workflows uh, as examples for you to use with this um, in case you, 
you need examples or you don't have your own set of uh, workflows or or something like that and they're they're pretty useful you can browse through these I'll you know I'll, I'll point out a couple we'll run a couple from the from the UI later uh, just to show you but uh, so you you get those installed uh, by default and you don't really have to do anything uh, to take advantage of those uh, initially they're they're there um, so you don't really need to do anything else in orchestrator the only other thing that I would do while you're in orchestrator poking around is if you haven't already go ahead and set up your vCenter uh, endpoint so we'll go to the vCenter uh, folder in the in the library and go to configuration and I've actually already done it but you would want to run add a vCenter server instance workflow and when you run that workflow basically it's going to ask you for you know connection information uh, credential information again Tom's point about uh, service accounts is uh, something you should probably observe here as as well um, uh, but uh, following this workflow very easy to uh, answer the the questions here uh, once you have that set up and that workflow run is as successful as it was for me when the last time I ran it I had a couple of failures along the way if you go to the inventory tab just make sure that you can browse to that vCenter server and you can browse to the objects in there that also lets you know that this is set up and running uh, you know correctly so if I'm able to browse down to the virtual machines and see virtual machines you know in my environment I know that I'm good to go so we'll go back to uh, the uh, vRealize operations uh, the orchestrator dashboard we were looking at and one of the things that is going to be handy when you're using this is this little action icon in this particular widget right so the selection widget uh, if it's not visible already it should be but if the toolbar is not visible, just click on that eye icon to make it visible. And uh, then you can pull down the action menu. And there are four actions on the action menu. There's add a vCenter server instance to vRealize Orchestrator. Well, what that does is it actually allows you to run the, the workflow that I just pointed out in Orchestrator to add a vCenter server instance. It allows you to run it directly from here. So you don't have to go out and run it uh, but I do find it easier to do it there versus in here uh, because uh, you can you can then go and validate that it is you know configured properly and, and working uh, just and I recommend that just because uh, it, it's it's just a good practice it'll save you some frustration and time if something's not working right uh, and then you go back and you realize oh that you know the uh, the vCenter server wasn't added properly or, or something like that um, it'll just save you a little time but you certainly can run it from here you just select the vCenter server uh, that you want from the pull-down list I only have one in the environment uh, and then you just fill in you know all the other uh, answer all the other questions uh, as you would in the uh, orchestrator workflow itself so that's that uh, once that's done then the next thing is 
that you, you'll want to take a look at is configuring the package discovery. Now remember, we had set package discovery to uh, auto, or the automatic uh, package discovery to true, I should say, in the adapter instance. So what that does is that looks at this list of packages, orchestrator packages, and these are input by default. And so it just goes out and it says, okay, all the workflows in those packages are ones that I'm going to enable for uh, you to be able to import as actions into orchestrator. And that'll be the next, I mean, into vRealize operations. And that'll be the next step that, that we go down, okay? Uh, but uh, that's, that's how you control which workflows are available to vRealize operations. So not all the workflows are available by default, just the ones in the vCenter uh, folder in the library and the ones in that out-of-the-box content. Now, I will say this, and let's flip over to, back over to the orchestrator uh, client. When you look at these packages, um, you can see, you know, I've got a lot of workflows here in the out-of-the-box, and then a lot of them are kind of the same as some that are in the vCenter, um, uh, package as well, right? And it'll populate here in a second. Uh, but uh, it's a lot of workflows, right? So you end up with, uh, you know, kind of a lot of stuff that you may or may not use. Uh, and not, uh, many of the workflows in the vCenter are not ready to run in Orchestrator, okay? And I'll explain that more as we get into like actually configuring the workflow to run and so forth. Uh, but just be aware, these aren't necessarily ready to go in terms of using them from the action menu in vRealize operations, okay? Um, so what I recommend going back to the, uh, going back to the package discovery, what I recommend just to kind of make things easy is comment that out and then do begin action and then you're just stuck with not stuck then you're left with just those out of the box ones which should all work without any modification or anything like that and so that'll go out and discover all of the workflows uh that you've allowed uh for it to see and then the next step at that point is to create or modify workflow action on vCenter resources. Now, I'm not terribly crazy about the wording on that, but once you understand what it is, I think it, it'll make sense to you. When I click on that, what it does is it pulls in a list of all the workflows based on that discovery setting and the, and the, uh, the, the packages that you've allowed for discovery. Uh, it pulls that in and it says, okay, well, which of these would you like to uh, consume and be realized operations? And the reason that you do that is because, for example, let's say um, I want to do something like remove, uh, 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 remove a, uh, sorry, my, my responsiveness is really slow for some reason. 
uh, remove uh, CD-ROM, uh, which would be a nice, uh, or remove a floppy, which would be a nice kind of uh, remediation action you could take. You know, a lot of times if you're trying to uh, do something with a virtual machine, move a virtual machine around or something like that, uh, you find that you have problems because it's got a floppy attached or uh, CD-ROM attached. So it's helpful to to remove that kind of thing. I, don't know, I may not have discovered everything just yet. Let me try a reverse. There we go. Um, so, and you'll see some of them are like you know with uh, they have the VRO in front of them. Those are those VRO. Those are the out of the box workflows that we provide with the pack. It's still got the other ones in there from the vCenter library, um, just because I just recently turned that off. It'll take about five, 10 minutes, a couple of cycles to remove those from the list, so make that list shorter. So you can see why it may be a good idea, another good idea to you know remove that from the discovery uh, is, to, is to kind of shorten this list. Anyway, I'll just select this one uh, at, uh, uh, just to make it, uh, the flow uh, move along here. But when you select it, then you can uh, select the resource that you would, the resource type that you want that to be available on. And so I'm clicking like a madman and nothing is happening. <laughs> Let's see here. Oh, there we go. There's my list. Resource type. Uh, and it in this case, it's upgrade tools. So obviously, I want that to be available on a uh, virtual machine. So I'll just go down, do virtual machine, and then the operation will be to add. Okay. So once I begin this, next time I look at this list, it'll say available on resource type virtual machine. Okay. Now, if I'd said uh, available on resource type, and this is a this is a workflow that works on virtual machines. If I were to say host or cluster or something like that, uh, then it would be available for those, but it would still pull up the list of all the virtual machines when I run that action, uh, so that I could run it on multiple machines. Uh, so just be aware of that, and you'll you'll actually see how that works. I begin the action. And at this point, what will happen is that uh, workflow will now be added to the actions, uh, available actions in vRealize operations. So if I come here to actions, uh, when you click on um, you know, a, a virtual machine, you go to the summary page for the virtual machine, or as we saw in that selection widget where we had that little gear icon, and it pulled down an action menu. Uh, these are all the different actions that can be used. And a lot of these were, have been in the product for many years. Uh, they're part of the Python actions adapter. You've probably seen references to that, maybe not sure what that is, but uh, the, they're Python scripts basically that can run, that run those actions uh, for you. They, they provide the automation. But now you can see that there are actions that are associated with the orchestrator adapter, uh, for example, and like here's the one to add a vCenter server instance. That's just a workflow in orchestrator that we've added as an action uh, for the uh, object type of vRealize orchestrator adapter uh, instance. Here's 
add a new VNIC to a virtual machine, okay? And so it is uh, part of the actions and it's actually been um, assigned to the virtual machine type. And it's actually also been tied to a couple of recommendations, right? So there are alert recommendations that you see when an alert triggers that tell you, uh, make recommendations about what you should do. And in some cases, those have actions applied to them. And so that action uh, to add another VNIC is based on a orchestrator uh, workflow. So let's go look John, at it. John, we, uh, we have a yeah. question that came in. Sure. Uh, are there any options for PowerShell scripting with these with us? No, there are not uh, directly. Uh, so there is a PowerShell plugin in, uh, in Orchestrator, and you could certainly leverage that, but not directly from this action framework. Um, that is actually a use case that I've been advocating for, and I, I know our product managers are, are interested in it. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to, to get that. But the way to do that today would be to uh, leverage the orchestrator's uh, uh, PowerShell plugin to execute those uh, PowerShell scripts for you. Okay, uh, so you know, what I'm talking about with these actions basically is if I go to a virtual machine and this is my jump box in the lab, so, you know, if I break it, no worries, right? You see that add a new VNIC to virtual machine, there's that workflow. If I click on that, it'll pop up uh, the inputs that are needed, but it automatically fills, like one of the inputs is the VM. And one of the other inputs is the host system. So it automatically fills those in for you. It knows, you know, vRealize Operations knows what those are because it understands relationships and so forth. So it's like, hey, uh, we'll pre-fill that for you. The switch type will give you, you know, a selection list uh, that, you can, that you can choose from there. Hopefully it'll, there we go. We'll do distributed switch uh, and so forth. And I'd have to go look up my port groups and uh, so forth. So I'm not going to actually run this, but you can get an idea of, you know, what you would, what you would be able to do with that action. So you can come in here, put these inputs in, begin the action, and it would just go out and it would run the orchestrator workflow. Same thing basically for any of these uh, that you see here. Uh, if you'll notice that there are uh, some that have this brownish, gold, orangish icon. Those are the out-of-the-box workflows that we provide. Uh, when we go and add our own custom workflows, they'll show up with the same style of icon, but it'll be colored uh, blue. So you can differentiate between which ones are out-of-the-box and which ones are, are custom. But uh, since we have enabled this, this integration is enabled, be aware that that action menu is now gonna show the workflows uh, that are part, that have been uh, discovered and have been added through that process that we looked at uh, earlier uh, so you know they can be uh, added to this action framework and added to alert recommendations uh, and so forth. So that's kind of the the basics of the install process. Like I said, I just wanted to go over that uh, to begin with. 
Again, this dashboard is kind of your friend. It's, it's the easiest place to do it. The only other action on here is this important V-Realize Operations Remediation Package to VRO. The only time you would want to run that or need to run that is if, if you went in or somebody went in and deleted some of the out-of-the-box workflows or they modified them or you know they got corrupted somehow, then you could just run this and it'll just reinstall that package in Orchestrator for you. Uh, and just to make your life easier. I actually had to do this. I screwed up a couple of workflows uh, a few weeks back and um, you know, this was a lifesaver for me. So that's, that's what that last uh, little action is for. Um, now, one thing I do wanna point out about the workflows, and I mentioned that not all the workflows are able to be run out of the box using the VRO management pack. And what I mean by that is for these workflows, and we'll just look at, um, you know, this uh, this one. I'll pick this VM Power Operation. Uh, the workflows to be able to be run with uh, using that management pack need to have. Sorry for the screen room here. They need to have a single, at least one input for the. Uh, that's actually bad there it's my great VM uh, for the uh, object type so there should be yeah, sorry I'm screwing this up <laughs> go to host maintenance mode I know those are those are good why is it not Okay, um, there should be, I may be picking the wrong ones. Um, well, let me pick, let me pick this one. I know, I know this is a um, definitely a good example here. Okay, so uh, you need to have at least one input that is some vRealize uh, uh, or vCenter object type, okay? So in Orchestrator, you have things like VC host system. And just to show you, if we uh, were to, you know, go to the API Explorer and we looked at uh, VC something, you see all these different object types. But basically, you know, we're looking for things like uh, host system or uh, uh, virtual machine, you know, that kind of that kind of object. So the input type uh, that is required so that when you do that uh, mapping that we saw earlier, so there's virtual machine, for example, when we do that mapping that we saw earlier, when we were saying this workflow will run on virtual machine object types and we added it to the action framework, that's how vRealize Operations knows what value to pass, you know, what vRealize Orchestrator is looking for for that input. Uh, so that is definitely required. If it's, uh, if it's um, not there, you won't be able to do the, uh, the, the mapping 
and the execution of the workflow from that action menu. Furthermore, if you want to fully automate the alert, then you can't have any other inputs for the alert uh, other than just that object type. Uh, there is an exception in the 3.0, and I'll show you what that is when we get over there. But uh, because you don't, you you can't handle user input if it's fully automated, right? Uh, the only thing that uh, Vrealize Operations knows to pass along with that uh, action to the workflow is the impacted object, which could be a host, a virtual machine, data store, cluster, etc. So uh, if you want to fully automate it, in other words, have that action run when the alert uh, triggers, then you know you can only have that single input of the of the uh, vCenter object type. All right. So just just be aware of that. Now I'm going to switch over to uh, you know kind of like I said the cooking show where I have everything running in the environment. And this is actually running on uh, 7.5, so you'll be able to see some of the differences uh, from the uh, earlier uh, version of this. Um, but uh, there's nothing really different in terms of how it's added or configured or anything like that. That's all pretty much the same. Uh, the administration page for where you add solutions in 7.5 is a little bit different, but uh, it's not daunting enough that you need to really uh, worry about that too much. So you can see all the configuration is the same. This is the, the 3.0 version, so nothing to, uh, to be concerned about there. So the install uh, part of that is the same. And when I go to dashboards and go to the orchestrator uh, workflow overview, you know, same same kind of stuff here. The four different actions that we need to uh, need to run for for that. Uh, so in this case, uh, I have uh, configured everything in Orchestrator. I, I've configured the uh, management pack. I've actually uh, pulled in some uh, of the workflows into the uh, action framework. So we can go here and we can see based on the uh, adapter type. Oh, I have to filter this the other way, actually, to show the orchestrator adapter. So you can see, um, you know, there are different uh, um, uh, uh, workflows that have been uh, already added in here. So all that is is pretty much uh, uh, done and and ready to go when you when you uh, you know I, we're at the same state. In other words, that I left the uh, the other um, uh, the other instance in. Okay, hopefully I didn't uh, confuse anybody with that. Uh, so what uh, what we did add in on the orchestrator side and uh, oh let me actually to open. Need to open up that orchestrator client. So let me do that right now. Uh, what we did add, and this is this, as you know, this is seven six. I'm using the legacy client uh, here instead of the nice uh, H5 client, which I really like. Uh, but uh, I did find that there was a little bit of uh, an issue with the presentation uh, for the uh, orchestrator. Uh, 
out-of-the-box orchestrator workflows uh, that you need to run uh, for the compliance stuff. And that's why I'm using the legacy client. So if anybody asks, I know the question's probably gonna come up, it's like, why aren't you using the fancy new stuff? Uh, I did have, uh, you know, some, some things just didn't quite look right and I haven't quite figured out why yet. So um, just uh, stick with, for this, if you're doing this or watching this and trying to follow along, just stick with the, uh, the old Java client for now until uh, we kind of get that worked out. Uh, but we also included, you know, the in that out of the box content, the uh, workflows for remediation of uh, the uh, host violations of the vSphere security learning guide. That is located in this folder. So if you go in here, you'll see basically there's one. Uh, action here and it's apply host security configuration rules uh, and uh, there are a lot of different helpers okay which you don't necessarily be need to be worried about but these are workflows that will run depending on what violations have been found uh, and also what you've configured it to uh, automatically remediate and what I mean by that is there's a configuration that you'll want to run or you need to run initially uh, for this. Uh, and the configuration does need to be run from the orchestrator client just because the presentation is really complex. Uh, and so it doesn't render in uh, vRealize operations uh, at all. And um, it, because uh, when we built this, we actually have a lot of dependencies on inputs. Uh, depending on the answer you give for, uh, you know, different inputs, it'll show uh, different sections uh, in the presentation. So that's that's why it, it uh, you, you need to run it from here. And you'll see what I mean here in just a second. When I run this, it'll come up and it'll ask you, hey, which of the security, the host uh, security configuration items would you like to enforce? So you can see basically, you know, all the different, uh, you know, violations here, uh, not violations, but um, uh, recommendations for things like password policies, persistent logs, NTP, et cetera. Now for most of these, if you click yes, uh, that's all you have to do, right? Uh, for some of them, though, when you say uh, yes, you'll see that the configure there's another configuration that is added uh, to that or input required input for that. So, for something like, for example, NTP, if you want us to fix NTP automatically, or you want Orchestrator to do that automatically, then you need to give us, you know, the NTP servers. So, you know, I'll just put in. Uh, Couple of my servers here. One seven three five. Okay, so these are you know servers in my lab, and so then it knows. Okay, if you now I will fix this for you, and uh, these are the NTP servers that I will use along with all the other you know, settings that I will adjust in NTP, like uh, making sure the service is set to auto start, making sure the firewall port. Uh, is, is open for that. If you select no, then even if the, the workflow 
finds that there's a symptom that, you know, syslog is misconfigured or the password policy is not set correctly, uh, then it's just going to skip it. Now you will get a report that tells you what was fixed and what wasn't fixed, but this gives full control to the administrator if they don't want to just, you know, throw caution to the wind and have, you know, automate everything in their environment. I did a poll. I actually wrote these workflows that are included with this solution. And before I started writing them, I did a poll on Twitter and asked like, it, do you, would you want to enforce everything automatically or are there selected things that you would enforce, but not everything? And the overwhelming response was, I want to be selective uh, in that. So that was kind of the way, if you want to select everything, you certainly can. Uh, the other thing that I ask people about is, would you like to be notified when this happens? So I, I'm glad that you fixed it, but I also need to get like an email telling me, hey, we found a problem and we fixed the problem or we fixed some of the problems depending on what your answers are. So you need to configure this, their SMTP, uh, you know, your email uh, options here. So you can include people on the, uh, to receive the email either by carbon copy directly or, or BCC. And then finally, we'll need to make some calls back or at least one call back into vRealize operations to retrieve some additional information about the alert. So we'll want to know the VR ops uh, uh, IP address, and then a user that has the ability, that has API permissions uh, to look stuff up in vRealize operations. Uh, so that's why that's, uh, that's there as well. So once you have all that stuff uh, input, you can you know, simply click uh, submit, and those settings are saved for you in a configuration element. Uh, and if you want to come back in later and change them, you just run this workflow again. It'll look up your old settings and uh, show you what they are, and then you can you can change those uh, as need be. And so once you have that set up, you're good. You can go back to vRealize um, operations. Where did my vRealize? Oh, <laughs> the first screen. Uh, you can go back to vRealize operations, okay, and then um, you're you're basically ready to go at that point. And by ready to go, I mean if I go to the alerts tab now, and I group by definition, and then I go at and look at ESXi host is violating vSphere security guide version 6.5 or 6.7. And I see the list of all my little hosts here who are uh, not properly configured. And I click on that. You'll see I have a run action here. You'll see I have all these uh, symptoms uh, that are impacting the host. And uh, if I want to go ahead and, and uh, run workflow of that master workflow to fix all or some of these, depending on the answers that I gave, uh, then I can simply click on run action. Click on that. Uh, I don't have to fill any of this information in. You'll notice that there's this VR ops alert ID input, and that is automatically added by vRealize operations for you. So if you remember, I talked about mandatory input 
is some vCenter object. You do have an optional input with the 3.0 version now so that you can capture the alert ID itself and then use that to make a call back into vRealize operations to get more information. You can pull the alert, you can pull the symptoms. In this case, with these workflows, we're using it to pull the symptoms so we can determine which violations of the hardware or the security configuration guide uh, we need to address. Uh, but you could use it to do any number of things uh, at that point. Click begin action, it'll go off and you know can do its thing. Uh, if we go back over to Orchestrator, we should see if the demo gods are with me on this fine evening. I can see that that is uh, that's running down here. So my workflow is executing, and then eventually I'll get the nice green check mark. And then if I pull up my email, I should get shortly. I've got it in another screen here, so if you're not seeing anything, don't uh, don't panic. Uh, let's see, be realized. Let me pull up that one. Didn't quite come out. Uh, operations. Sorry, I'm going to pull this over to the other screen just a second, just to show you a, a good one that fixed a lot of symptoms. Uh, so this is an email. Um, this is an example of the email you would get. So, you know, we detected that this host had security configuration issues. We uh, addressed the ones uh, that you allowed us to address with that configuration that we looked at earlier. And, you know, those were successfully completed. Some of them uh, we did not address. So, for example, we didn't enforce uh, transparent page sharing. We didn't enforce the password policies. Uh, for ESXi, uh, and that's because you answered no in that configuration. A couple of these are just not enforceable, uh, meaning we didn't even give you the option to automate enforcing those, just because the complexity of the decision process about what to do uh, is really not amenable to automation, you know, at this point in time. Uh, either, and it, or it could be because there's not an API available. So, uh, for example, this chap, bi-directional chap, and the firewall, uh, those are kind of uh, a little complex, or, or there's complexity in those that require some additional decisions that uh, are, are not easy to either capture in that configuration uh, workflow that we ran or by um, user input. So we left those out for now. I think there's another one with uh, with SNMP. There's no API for SNMP today that I can uh, use for this. You, you could do it through PowerShell, I know, but this is strictly using VRO workflows to accomplish that. So that's the only other one that we uh, list as not enforceable. But at any rate, you know that we fixed some problems and you know the problems that you have to go out and address yourself. So at least you have a nice little list of tasks here that you can forward on to, uh, you know, either the NOC or someone uh, in, um, you know, in the in the um, operational team to handle that for you. Uh, so I talked about running this like automatically. Well, how would I do that? If you go um, to the policy 
uh, editor here, and you see that I have, um, uh, you know, my default policy. Uh, if I edit that, which, by the way, you can do directly from here. It used to be that you had to go to policy library and find it. This is another nice little Easter egg in 7.5, the uh, Realize op Operations Manager. Uh, if you edit the policy and you go to the alert uh, symptoms and definitions, and then I find uh, the easiest way I find to do it is click on this automate uh, filter option. And uh, what you can do is just uh, say, yeah, if it's not enabled. So I just uncheck these two. Come on. There we go. Uh, if it's not enabled, <laughs> there we go. Uh, then uh, you just come in here and you say, yeah, I want this to be automated. And what that means is if that alert definition has a recommendation that uh, has an, an action uh, associated with it and you, you want it to run automatically, then you just change this to from inherited to blah, 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 automate enabled. Sorry, this is so slow. I don't know why it's not. Yeah. So you do local, you know, with the green check and it'll do it. I won't do it for that one. But just to show you for the ones that I, uh, the, the one workflow that we have that will run automatically uh, for the host remediation for the vSphere security guide. Oh. So John, we have a question that came in. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, can you have different compliance settings targets per cluster? Does that mean creating a specific VROPS policy per cluster with those alerts and symptoms? Yeah, that would be the way to do it. Uh, quite honestly, so um, uh, you know, you would need to you would need to create um, you know custom group and then a policy to apply uh, to that. So yeah, that would be that would be the way to do it. Um, one of the things that you could do also is um, it, um, we have custom compliance templates now in seven. Uh, which allow you, or 7.5, I should say, which allow you to create your own, uh, you know, uh, compliance templates. So you could, uh, you could use those uh, and then um, have an alert that triggers off of uh, those specific uh, compliance uh, uh, template alerts that you're interested in. And, uh, and and run these uh, actions. So there's there's different ways to to do it, um, you know. But uh, probably actually the probably the easier way would be to just uh, create custom groups and and have policies for the specifics uh, that you that you want. The problem that you'll have you may run into is um, so let me get out of this. So anyway, this is where you come and and uh, uh, 
um, make that action uh, uh, automated uh, in, uh, in, in policy. Uh, the problem that you may run into is that uh, when you look at the uh, alert definition here, I'll just pick this one and go to the alert definition. Uh, the alert definition itself has, uh, you know, all these symptoms in it. For example, slowly hotel internet I'm dealing with here, so that's a problem. Um, so you see all these symptoms. If you if you're not interested in like you know, you have a cluster and you're like, I, yeah, I don't care for some reason. I don't care about NTP. I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't, but you don't care about NTP for a particular cluster, then you'll need to copy this alert definition and then remove those symptoms and then use that alert definition in the policy uh, associated with the custom group that contains the, the host that you want to apply that policy to. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, if anybody has questions about that, certainly follow up with me on Twitter. If I need to do a blog on it or something, I'm, I'm happy to do that. But that's probably the, the way that you would need to uh, you would need to tackle that. Um, We've got uh, one other question that's coming. Um, can you have multiple policies per cluster? So you can have a common policy for everything and specific policy for alerts for each cluster. So you can. Um, so if you look at policy, uh, policies, I should say, you'll notice that we have this default priority. Um, and it's got, you know, 1,300 objects associated with it. And then we have these other policies, and you'll see the priorities uh, on these. So, for example, um, all the objects uh, may have the vSphere, you know, they, they may, for one reason or another, or by default, they, the vSphere solution default policy applies to them. But then they may join a group, let's say, that has this host-based licensing policy uh, with a priority of one. And that policy is going to be the active policy for that host. But what you can do is look at this. I'm not sure who set these up. Hopefully they did it the way I would have done it. Probably so. Yeah. Um, so what you see here is I've got the default policy that I'm running. Uh, and then I have these child policies off of that. And the child policies basically say, I want to use everything in the default policy, but I'm going to change one or two things. I'm going to automate this particular alert, or I'm going to not use this uh, alert. I'm going to, instead, I'm going to trigger this different alert, you know, that I just created with some fine tuning. And so um, that uh, you can see here, if you look down at the locally defined settings, you know, you can see that there are only two uh, policy elements that were really changed. No alert definitions were changed, no symptom definitions, metric properties. So what you would do if you want to do uh, apply, you know, the majority of the systems should follow 
the default policy, but then you want to tweak that and make specific changes for subgroups, this inheritance uh, would be the way to do that. And then uh, once you have them, then you could also rank those so that if uh, an object has, uh, you know, one or uh, two or more policies that apply because of some group membership, then this ranking would determine which one of those policies would apply for that object. So it's kind of a two-step process. And again, happy to, um, you know, dig into this further, uh, you know, over Twitter, if I need to do a blog, happy to discuss it. But that's, that's kind of the way that you would, you would tackle that. So I know we're I know we're at the bottom of the uh, hour. We've, we've completed the hour, um, but I I have time if uh, we you know we want to if there are any more questions or anything like that. Certainly happy to stay on and answer those. Yeah, the uh, the questions are all about the multiple policies and uh, conflicts and in what order they all apply in. So okay. So I'm pretty sure that yeah. that's been covered. Um, got a lot of really good remarks on Twitter saying, you know, Matt Crape saying he's going to be implementing this in his new home lab build. Oh, great. Cool. Um, so, Matt, you're, I volunteer, I'm going to volunteer John. He'll help you if you have any questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? You, when you get it installed, if you do some cool things with it, I think you should do a brown bag too. You know, I mean, that, that would be, yeah, that would be great to see. I, and that's one of the things I, you know, Tom, uh, and I know you and I have talked about this is like, you know, I like, I like having, you know, all this capability is fine, but what I really like hearing is from like you and other customers who are actually using this and they're getting benefit and they're actually coming up with new and creative ways to do things, you know, like you've done and some others have done. And, and if you can do that and also contribute, you know, to our repository that we have for the workflows, and, or, you know, however you want to do it, however I can be of help, you know, certainly let me know. Yeah. Graham Mitchell says it's going into his lab too. Uh, Rob says, thanks for the walkthrough. Great. All right. I guess with that, uh, this has been V Brownbag. Uh, thank you very much, John. This is, this is a great um, walkthrough and everything was, it was, was awesome. So thank you. Great. My pleasure. Thanks everyone. And have a good evening. Yeah. How, uh, how would these uh, people watching at home and recording, how would you recommend them contact you if they have any additional questions, feedback? Uh, Twitter is fine. Uh, John D. Diaz at Twitter or DSJ, D-I-A-S-J at VMware.com. So either, either one of those are fine. All right, great. Well, thank you very much, and we'll see everyone next week.